hilarious. Okay, we're in it. We're doing it, fellas. We're here. We're recording, podcasting. Oh, man. Feels good to be recording a podcast with some homies. Uh, yeah. How long has it been? In terms of podcasting, it's probably been like two months with Herschel and Ehi, who are the other co-hosts, fellas. Sorry you couldn't be here for this one, but uh, you're here with us in spirit. Um, typically, it's the three of us, and this is RTBTH, but today, RTBTH goes back to Cali. Oh, yeah. Uh, talking with our with our West Coast correspondents. Aerie's been on the podcast before, man, so what's good, Aerie? Yo. Yo, yo, yo. How you been? Oh, you know, I've been good, man. I've been, uh, you know, just trying to keep my head above these phd infested waters yep uh but it has been a, a great experience and making progress that w- that was such a formal ass response for, for yeah, this that's podcast not, that's not what we've been doing over in california just uh <laughs> yeah what was that just us you know I'm so confused <laughs> okay we'll get more into that in a bit jay this is your first time on the fucking podcast it is welcome bro appreciate it dog how you living my I friend got an invite <laughs> you know hey man uh this is an international podcast you know so got a lot of no i'm kidding man i'm kidding i'm glad that we could we could make it happen man you know you always got an invite to the podcast yeah no i appreciate it dog. <laughs> i also think it's hilarious that it's the west coast correspondence and i'm not on the west coast anymore but it's yeah you know, i know it is what it is <laughs> you know that's what Aries said when i spoke to him last week i was like west coast in spirit bro west coast in spirit man in heart and soul exactly so- so exactly. wait, Jay, Jay, do you wear like cowboy boots and cowboy hats and shit? Bruh, come on now. Now that you're in, why come not? You not? Why would? Why would I? I don't just adjust, I don't. I don't. I don't just Nashville. start to. Ch- I don't change my ways based on where I live. I didn't change my ways when I went to Atlanta. That's very true. Yeah. What you that, Okay, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but like, but but like, don't you don't you stick out like a sore thumb? Yeah, in of course. Yeah, especially when I'm skateboarding or rollerblading or doing any other sort of shit that's like non-Southern slash Nashville-ish. I would think that they would shoot you on sight if you were rollerblading, but... Nah, man, you got to stay in the parks. <laughs> Dude, Nashville is progressive, man. There's probably hella people ro- rollerblading out there. Progressive? Yeah, look at those. No? No? I don't know if I'd assign it a progressive status, but... <laughs> It's definitely more progressive than the outer areas of of Nashville, as in the rest of Tennessee. But mm. uh, yeah. All right. Let me go ahead and give some background. So, all three of us, as people who may have listened to this podcast before, may know from the original three co-hosts that we are Emory graduates, and that's where we met each other in the dirty, dirty Atlanta. Um, but today, those two co-hosts, those two of those co-hosts, Herschel and Ahi, are not with us. Herschel and Ahi are, you know, busy as fuck. That boy Herschel has got some big things planned. He said it on the podcast, but we're going to talk about it right now. You know what I'm saying? But uh, So I invited my West Coast correspondents, Ari and Jay, to come chop it up on the podcast. We could perhaps start off with some sports talk because this was originally a sports podcast. And both of y'all niggas is wearing that L.A. gear. Yes, sir. Uh, and uh, yeah, so, so uh, both of y'all are from L.A. And, you know, interestingly enough, I'm from California, too. 
but I left that part of my life behind me. I, I rep the A now these days. But uh, like a scrub, but it's cool. <laughs> what, bro? Hey, hey, hey! The Braves <laughs> just won the championship, so we're back on the map, baby. Oh, so now, so we're now you're a Braves on... <laughs> fan. I ain't never heard you talk about the Braves once, bro. You ain't never heard me talk about baseball. How about that? <laughs> yeah, legitimately, I have not. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but let's talk about f- fuck. You know what? This is the West Coast podcast. Let's talk about the Lakers and the Rams. The Rams are going to the Super Bowl. The Rams are going to win the Super Bowl. And the Lakers, I really wanted them to win the chip, but they're looking pretty scrubby right now. We're going to win the chip. Don't worry. Don't worry. We'll figure it out. I love his confidence. I really do. It's I like do. a fake. It's like a fake confidence. Though. I understand. I have, I have to say it. That's what. Yeah. If you're a Laker fan. You have to just. You have to. You got to believe line. it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was it was funny because last year, uh, like I guess, was it two years ago when this happened? I don't know. Last year, someone called me out and was like, "Yo, dude, are you just like how are you a Lakers fan? And you're just comfortable with making the playoffs?" I was like, "Look, we just won the championship. As long as we make the playoffs." And continue to like show that we're improving. Like I'm fine, but they're like, nah, dude. You guys got 17 championships. You gotta like, <laughs> you gotta always go championship or go home. I was like, all right, fine, whatever. I'm just gonna own this now. So seriously, yeah. I mean, no, they they look pretty bad though. I'm not gonna lie. It is pretty. It's been hard to watch. L- like times. they struggled against the Pistons. Like yeah, and then LeBron fucking hook armed a dude and just straight caused like a Le- riot. I feel like this is a LeBron like fuck this year. Like he doesn't care. I don't think that's true. Really? I don't think that's <laughs> true. Dude does not have too many opportunities to to win, man. He has to yeah. go. He I got really all can't. his homies there, dog. Like Melo's there. Rest like come on. That's, he's uh, if he if he wants to win this year. It's not he's not taking this year off. I mean I feel. I, mean, I was gonna say. I feel like he he hit high Isaiah Tom or what is his name? Isaiah Stewart. Isaiah Stewart in the face on purpose. <laughs> he did it on purpose, obviously. But I think it. He knew that he was gonna get sustem- suspended for that, so he could just take another game off. <laughs> LeBron, this is his. This is his season to like take fifty percent of the season off, and then just if they lose, he could be like, I don't know, injuries plague the team, plague us all. Like no, plague to you, nigga. Like you gotta work. I think LeBron is having legit injuries, and no. he. Yeah, I kind of do feel like he probably is trending towards trying to take off some time, but I, I think that he's trying to win. I don't think it's any kind of you know. See how take it off goes. Some time. This fool had a full off season this year. What do you need to take off time for? Old, bruh. It's like an abdomen strain. Abdomen strain. What? Yeah, I don't know. I ain't never heard of abdomen strain. <laughs> A cramp, you mean? <laughs> you had a cramp? You dehydrated, dog? Come on. He does enough sit-ups. He, could, he doesn't get stomach cramps or whatever anymore. He's not in that kind of shape. I don't know. I expect, I, I, I expect better, too. But I also, I was never a LeBron fan. So, like, I could hate on LeBron still as much as I want to. I was never a LeBron fan, and I was never a Westbrook fan. So we have them both mm, on the team. I was a Westbrook up. fan only because I saw him play in high school, him and Harden, because they're both from California. And they played each other, actually. And I was like, my dad was like, oh, they're going to be good. I was like, okay. Like, I was thinking college good. And then little did we, little did I know, he knew apparently. But yeah, yeah these dudes blew up. Yeah, yeah that is- must have been crazy seeing them play back then when yeah. they were in high school. God yeah, damn. man. So I got a couple LA questions, LA Lakers questions for you. This one is for Ari. 
how do how can you hold in your mind at the same time that LeBron is a Lakers Finals MVP winning champion, and you pretty much I we never actually clarified how you felt about LeBron coming to the Lakers. Look, it's like he's a tool. He's a tool to me. He works for the Lakers. If the Lakers win a championship, thank you. That's what we get him for. That's what we pay him the money to do. He's just he's just a tool to me. I'm in the same boat. So, really, Jay, you you're a LeBron hater because I love LeBron. I I just said just, that, dude. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not. A, I was never a LeBron fan. Never. I mean, been. It's, it's, I was talking. I was talking shit on LeBron all the time. I still do. What? <laughs> What did I get myself into with this podcast? All right, all right. Well, I mean, see, realize Lakers fans. That's what. <laughs> hey, look, I, I'm a Lakers fan too, as well. As long as LeBron is winning championships, but I mean, hating LeBron and not being a LeBron fan are different. I love LeBron. I love LeBron. Ari hates LeBron. It, it sounds like you're also on in the Aries camp on that one. I mean, my hatred may not be to the extent of Aries, but I was definitely a LeBron hater. Like, and then when he came, I just accepted my fate is what it was. And I was like, all right, well, if we, we got to win a championship, if we do great, but I'm still not like, you will not hear me being like, yo, LeBron's the king. I wouldn't, those words will not come out of he my mouth king, unless though, I'm being facetious. No. Okay. <laughs> not here. Okay. Not here. We're not, we don't accept him as the king. We don't call him that here. How does that work? How does that even work? I mean, he, you got to. We had Kobe, man. Like, uh, okay, that's fair. LeBron, that's fair. LeBron is nothing. LeBron is nothing that different. Yeah. I mean, we saw it already. And it, and he's only he hasn't been here long enough. Kobe spent his entire career in L.A. Like, if you're gonna be, his and his king his kingship did not come until before he was in L.A. So you got to earn that shit if you're gonna come to L.A. He got a championship, which is dope. I'm happy about it. Appreciate it, LBJ. <laughs> but just just a tool. Just a tool. Just a tool. All right. Okay. Here, here's well, actually, actually, Anthony Davis was the reason we won that, not LeBron. Boom. Mm. I will disagree there because obviously LeBron had a huge hand in that. But mm, I, I guess I, I mean he did. But I won't say I won't say LeBron's the reason. But I mean he he only if LeBron won wasn't finals, there. If LeBron wasn't there, we wouldn't have won that championship. Yeah. Anthony you know Davis what? was in peak was in peak form in that playoffs. By the way, in the bubble. Oh, yeah. That was like oh, yeah. the best basketball he'd ever played in his goddamn life. So yeah. that was when I was like, okay, going forward, this is going to be, we're going to roll into every championship if he plays like this. Yeah, LeBron yeah, yeah. doesn't even have to do anything. And then every, what, the this season, he's uh, he's not as good from the three-point line. He can't really hit Jays as, like he used to. Can't really shoot free throws at an 80% clip like he used to. So I'm kind of like, all right, the decline of Anthony Davis might hurt us more than the decline of LeBron, but we'll see. Yeah. TV. Well, there, there is one thing that always stands true for the Lakers is that y'all be making moves. <laughs> like y'all do not sit around for too long. I mean, the stretch with Kobe after before the, the I mean, both stretches between championships for Kobe, I guess after the last championship, the Lakers weren't really popping like that, but Outside of that, man, y'all be making moves. So presumably that's what's to come, uh, regardless of what happens with AD and LeBron. But anyway, follow-up question. This is something that I find hard to hold in my head at the same time. The fact that I love Westbrook. I absolutely love him as a person. The fashion, so-so. He he comes out fresh as fuck sometimes, and other times I'm just like, 
do you, bro? Do you, man? But but uh, like the dress. I mean, I I wouldn't wear a dress, but I I could I am totally fine with it. I think it's pretty fresh, you know. It's just sometimes it doesn't always like pop off, you know. That's just me though. Uh, yeah. But like, okay, then I love Westbrook, but that he's also like, I think there's enough evidence going back to KD leaving that he can't. He's not a very adaptable player like it's either you adapt to him or you die and leave the team basically and since he's now it's basically lebron is an immovable object and westbrook is an unstoppable force except lebron's probably more immovable than westbrook is unstoppable but it's just not meshing man it's just not meshing yeah but it's early i i've and lebron's been out for two weeks like i'm not tripping yet i this i'm not i'm not like fatalistic about this at all so i can see in aries face that he is speak to us <laughs> no i ca- i called it before the season started i was saying this doesn't make sense this isn't gonna work <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's not working and people are like it's still early i'm like but look at all these other teams that just got new players and they click instantly the bulls literally got you know, their three of their starting the um, their new starting players are from other teams and the bulls yeah. are like the best team in the league basically yeah Right behind the Warriors, but like, it, you, you also just look at play, you look at teams like the Clippers. The Clippers don't have Kawhi, and they're still. I would say that they are overperforming over the Lakers, who when they have a full roster, which is really sad. Yeah, I think that's so. true. But there's also like the the mix of our team, right? Like we're talking about dudes who have the biggest egos and who have been the player for their teams for almost their entire careers. So getting those types of personalities to mix and mesh well, like that's going to take a lot longer than getting Caruso and Lonzo <laughs> and Levine and all those dudes who are good players. But like getting them to bond and to play well, I think is like a little bit easier than it is to, you know, get the Lakers who just have a bunch of all stars or at least former all stars, like <laughs> old all stars. I, I feel like that's an excuse that we let them have. Like if you're a good player, like it really. Sh- Clicking, meshing, that's not a – like, when you go play pickup basketball, you pick up exactly who your teammates are within the first half of the game, or at least you should. Like, it's not that hard to adapt, really. Like, mm. if, you're, Ed, if you're good at basketball, you will find a way. It doesn't matter if so, you're used to that or not. So like, is your – so, so are you I, saying that they're not good? Like, these the players that we have aren't good? I'm saying that – I'm saying that Russell Westbrook isn't <laughs> is the reason we're not good. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Just him. That the team is the team would be great without Russell Westbrook. If we had Buddy Healed, I would say we were mm. we'd be a better we would be a better team with Buddy Healed than with Russell Russell Westbrook. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'll I'll let the Lakers experts speak on it. I'll I guess I agree with both of you. I don't know. I'm waiting to see because I felt as if players should adapt. Uh, you know, I thought Westbrook could just come off the ball a little bit, do a whole bunch more cutting, maybe catch some oops and hit dudes with assists. I mean, he's a playmaker. He does everything on the court. But I agree with Jay that these egos are huge egos. And I think this is, this is what happened with Durant. And I think you guys know. Y'all know how I feel about Durant, right? He's pretty much a in my opinion. I thought you liked Durant. I thought you'd like Durant better than LeBron. 
You know, I did. Actually, I got the 2014 Kevin Durant All-Star jersey. And I wanted um, <laughs> I wanted OKC to win over the Cavaliers if they went to the championship. But they completely fumbled that one. And then, you know, uh, and then he left for Golden State. That's when it just went complete straight to hell, my fandom for him. Um, but the, the OKC Durant Westbrook, like, I mean, Durant has to take over that team. But I think he couldn't. I just don't think it's possible to really just like snatch control of a team from Westbrook, man. I think the ego is just way too big. And and the only person who could do that is LeBron. And it remains to be seen if it's going to happen. Westbrook is the reason he loses, <laughs> by the way. The reason Was- he hasn't won a championship is because of himself. <laughs> well, so I- you- Boom. Okay, Ari, but you're saying guys have to adapt. Why doesn't Westbrook adapt, man? Maybe he because he can't, and you know what? That's fine, but that's the reason why he's never going to win. Well, damn. Well, damn. Like and 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 Durant did carry that team. People would say Durant choked. I'm like, what was Westbrook doing? So, and I don't know why you like Westbrook but not Durant. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. To me, that's interesting. I don't know. I mean, Westbrook went to Houston. Why don't you hate him for going to Houston? I mean, did he didn't he get traded? Well, I guess it was probably was his decision. He, he probably could have got trade? traded. Yeah, but I mean, that's a lot different from what Durant did, man. I mean, Durant for me is a character thing, man. That's where I can't. I I don't like him quite as much. <laughs> didn't Westbrook demand a trade? He had a contract and he demanded out of a trade. Why do we? Why are we mad at Durant? Did he it? demand it? I'm pretty sure these days players demand trades. That. But that was. <laughs> I don't know if that would happen with maybe it was a mu- maybe situation. it was a mutual decision. I thought it was mutual, like, but yeah, but he had just he had signed that contract and said he was going to be at OKC forever. So no, I didn't. yeah, but I don't know if it was a demand thing. I don't know. I don't know. All right, well, we'll we'll definitely have to pick that conversation back up, perhaps another West Coast podcast uh, later in the NBA season. But I have more sports questions for you, LA sports questions for you. I want to get to the Rams, but I have to cover this one. I have to cover this one as. Diehard Lakers fans, please tell me how you and the community and the neighborhood perceives this resurgence of the Clippers. <laughs> what resurgence? Look, look, the Clippers are around, man. They're here and they're they're trying to win games. But is it a resurgence if they were never really around in the first place? <laughs> no. No. The the Chris Paul Blake Griffin that was a team that they they surged they from sur- that team they surfaced well, yeah they that's exactly what it is they showed like they, themselves they were, but they then were they, underwater <laughs> they showed themselves and, and then they went right hey, back under hey they're a team again <laughs> hey we're not moving you that's the, yeah we're not they literally just right reminded now. the league that they existed I mean but they actually looked pretty decent without Kawhi against the was it the Jazz last season. I'm not doubting the the how good the Clippers are now, but it's not a resurgence. And <laughs> and if you're a Lakers fan, I don't know a single Lakers fan who supports the Clippers. Do you and know a single Clippers fan? <laughs> do you know a single Clippers fan? I do actually. Some okay, what is it like actually? Because I, by the way, I think both of y'all know this. I lived in SoCal for a couple of years in middle yeah. school and one year in high school. So look, I got I got hello West Coast roots. I, I should be the West Coast correspondent, but whatever, whatever. We won't talk about that. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, but 
when I lived in SoCal, like I knew I was living there actually when the Lakers won one of their championships. I think the the third. And I was like, all right, look, Clippers don't exist. They're not even a real NBA team. It's it's just Lakers players dressing up again to get a little bit more work in, you know. That's the Clippers. That's what it what I perceived it like. But I'm like, but now, you know, I turn on Clippers games and it's just so exciting. The black jerseys and they got the the black and the red and the white and the blue and it's just like, oh my god, this team is kind of black. <laughs> Fuck, but their jerseys suck, dude. I don't like their jerseys at all. When they, I, remember when they had like the font where they tried to do like the like yeah. I don't even know what to call it. You know what I'm talking about? I know exactly lowrider font. Lowrider font. font. Yeah, yeah. And you're kind of like, okay, Steve Ballmer, right? <laughs> Dude, those are the jerseys I was talking about. They looked okay. Uh, They're okay. Look, okay. And the thing is, they looked okay, but they were Clipper jerseys. So, they <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Ari, you can't you can't sit here and tell me that there isn't some kind of like Clipper fandom that's that's maybe swelled a little bit in LA. It's swelled. It's always been there, but they're just like people who don't like they don't like the intensity of Laker fans because they think Laker fans like yell too much and they're too rowdy. It's like you are. the safe it's like the safe suburban pick for basketball in LA. <laughs> That's that, the majority That's of fair. Clipper fans are like suburban, like people who don't like to go into who don't like the city of L.A. They just live around it. That, yeah, or people who fans. like move there. Like there are a lot of transplants in L.A. now, so it's like depending on when you came, maybe you hopped on the the Clippers bandwagon at some point. Well, because the Lakers in the down seasons, mm-hmm. the, the Clippers probably were the loudest team. Well, no, I wouldn't say loudest, but most notable. So people are like, okay, I'm just going to be fans of them but it's because they didn't know laker fandom in its yeah. proper state i guess but we didn't we didn't want them anyway though so that's fine yeah that's true we don't but the clippers aren't real to us today that's mm-hmm. that's our general mm-hmm. answer for everything about the clippers <laughs> all righty yeah. they need to get the fuck out of i was gonna say staples but crypto.com crypto? Arena, <laughs> which is why like why do i have to say crypto.com arena i'm so upset <laughs> It's so annoying. That is, it, they must have dropped a crap ton of bread for that. They, they did. did. It was like it's, by far the highest bid. The highest. It's, it's like ever, 700 right? mil. Yeah. For a ever. sports arena? Yep. It's insane. Are those things binding? Like, couldn't they just be like, eh, you know what? We'll just take this other bid that's 500 mil or some shit like that. Is it like top bid automatically gets it no matter what? No, they have to make nah. a decision. Like, they offer and the offer is just on the table. Yeah. But crypto.com apparently came in with some stupid offer mm, that, yep. of course, the Lakers are like, of course, just give us seven. What was it? Seven hundred mil. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll put your we'll slap your name on it. I mean, they're getting a renovation, too. So, yeah, nice. which is that'll be cool. But it's also just like it just is, it's a mouthful and it doesn't sound good. Can you, <laughs> so. imagine if, can you imagine if crypto just completely caters or not caters craters in like a year or two? Like, say everything just plummets. And you could. Is that possible? Yes, yeah, of course it is. Because crypto is still extremely speculative. So it's like, and crypto.com itself may still exist. So they'll they'll still be making money. But if if the market crashes completely, then we're gonna look like fools. <laughs> I mean, twenty years in the future, not, people are I mean, gonna be like, kid, our kids are gonna be like, what's crypto? I'll be like, oh, it's a time when <laughs> this made sense. <laughs> nah, I do think crypto's here to stay. Um, but it's the 2020s, it's, baby. Oh, gosh. 
<laughs> okay, so we can get more into that. I'm assuming Jay has some knowledge that he can drop on us about that. By the way, podcast listeners, I promise this podcast is going to get more interesting in terms of like actual society and culture and oh, it is. banking and whatnot. Not just sports. Not just sports, but... It's pretty but, interesting already in me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, just couple dudes just yapping about the Lakers and LeBron, even though these are some hot takes that the streets need to hear. But there's so much more interesting. There is one other thing that that we share that I have taken in, in a very deep regard from both of you. Another topic, but I won't say it yet. I'll get to it later. First, we got to talk about the Rams. Let's go Rams! <laughs> What are you? What is this clapping, Eric? You were like down. You were bearish on the Rams just a look, week ago. Look, I'm gonna be completely 100 percent honest. Man. How many Rams games do you think I've watched this entire season? Do you think you've watched? Yes. How many do you think I've watched? I mean, well, first of all, I don't know how much you actually like football. I was gonna say I don't either. I'm gonna say two. I've watched games. one game. I've watched one game. Oh, I said two. So, but I still support the Rams for sure, and Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> okay. you mean as of when he joined the rams probably yeah yeah <laughs> okay fuck lebron coming to the lakers odo beckham jr coming to the rams is more important than lebron coming to the lakers <laughs> yeah you I, mean, I except for the fact that lebron got a chip but yeah i was like okay, okay, that, was a, that was that a bad piece? that was a bad that was a bad hot take okay you want to take that stick. one out I, I can't i can't get that one to stick no <laughs> the hot take nah. is already burned on the record my friend it stays but, uh, okay, look, I love the Rams. I love watching them. Hollywood, talk about if Hollywood was football, it would be the Rams. I mean, you got Aaron Donald. You have Odell Beckham. You have Cooper Cup. I mean, Robert Woods, you know, he might not be, like, super flashy, but he he's a legit dude. Uh, who, who else you got? You got Vaughn Miller and, of dude, course. Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey pulled up, up to, to Jack. To, uh, Matthew Stafford, did you already say our quarterback? No, no, I'm getting to that. I'm getting to oh, that. Okay. Uh, R- Jalen Ramsey pulled up to the Jaguars practice in the Brinks truck trying to get that paper uh, before he got traded to the Rams. Uh, you got, you know, the God coach himself, Sean McVay. And I just got to say, man, that's a handsome fucker right there, man. Sean McVay. <laughs> he knows it. He knows it. <laughs> I know, right? He's like, like you know, his, his pants are like not super tight. They're like slim fit, you know, taper cut. I was like, yeah, what? This is, this is. The new generation of, of uh, uh, NFL coaches, and I fucking love it. And you got the GOAT himself, Matt Stafford. <laughs> or should I say uh, Pad Stafford? No, Pad, Pad Stafford, Stafford, which Pad is what uh, uh, the Fox Sports 1 guy, Rob Parker, that's what he calls him. Oh, yeah. Pat Stafford. But anyway, I mean, come on. How do you not love the Rams? They're basically Cowboys West. <laughs> But people hate the Cowboys, including me. So <laughs> I just have to say, I love the Cowboys. I oh, mean, come man. on, man. Like America's yeah. team, the, the star yeah. on the helmet. You just yeah. got to love it. I feel man. like the Cowboys are racism. Yeah, bro. Like, literally. Like, I don't, I can't mess with the Cowboys. Like if that. somebody says they're a Cowboys fan, I'm always like, and they're white, I go like, ah. Yay. <laughs> I'm like, All right. so did Joe Biden win the election or it's the same kind of question you're asking <laughs> the di- some Cowboys fans. But back to the Rams, though. 
Yes. I mean, I've been, I hopped on that bandwagon so hard. It wasn't even a bandwagon. I just was dying for a team my entire life. So as soon as they came over to LA, that was my team. So it's, it's fun to watch them. That's for sure. But like, is it Hollywood? Yeah. A little, a little too much in some ways, but it is, it is for sure. Like a little Hollywood. Have you gone to a game, Jay? Uh, yeah. Twice. How many? Not this year. Not since they moved to SoFi though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where were they before? Was it the Coliseum? Oh, the, the Coliseum. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I went to an Eagles Rams game. Maybe so like did I. Year- you did? Probably two not two ago? years ago. No, I went oh. to the game where Carson Wentz got hurt and before the championship season they had. Oh, okay. I uh I forget what season I went, but I went and there were definitely more Eagles fans than Rams. Oh yeah. In the oh, yeah. It was pretty hilarious. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much all games at at least when they were at the Coliseum, like majority of fans there were from the other team, yeah. um, which it's been cool to see in SoFi that that's changed and partially because of the new stadium and everything, but also because of the fact that like the team's legit, like people are excited about them this year. They went through the whole rebrand, which was trash, but whatever. Um, and then like, it's, I don't know. It's cool to actually see that there would be Rams fans, like taking up the majority of seats and in, in the stadium. Um, which was not the case at the Coliseum. So it'll probably, I mean, it's only going to last for as long as the Rams are good, which is unfortunate, but that's just kind of how it right. is right yeah. now. Yeah, even even when they first got here, it didn't seem like people really cared that much. No, they I didn't. mean, and I, I, I hopped on the bandwagon, I'm not going to lie, because I was on the, I was like a Niner fan, because I was like, who else am I supposed Ooh. to be a fan of? Yikes. But um, but then the I rivals, hopped bro. off, then I hopped it off, or I hopped off of it, and then I hopped on the Rams bandwagon. So I mean, it's, it's a little that's tough but I why is that tough what? i mean it's like the rival team like it's it's fucked up for the niners who was they i lost, supposed to be the last one you want to be can we talk about chargers you could be a raiders They're fan LA. or a chargers fan the chargers are la now should we talk about the chargers tunday can you know i have not fully like embraced in my mind that the chargers are la team mm. i mean they got a they got a little squad you know i mean feel like squad they could have they could have won more games you know like they're not playing at a quite elite level not like the rams not like the rams i mean shoot (laughs) you saw our last game we weren't playing at an elite level either so i mean so so many excuses for that one first of all you know matt stafford just wasn't really on his his game you know you can make excuses but then what are you gonna say about the game before tennessee derrick henry wasn't there we had all our players robert woods wasn't hurt I mean, we we should have lost that That was the first loss game. of the no, season. Was it? Right? That was the second loss. They have three we lost losses. To Arizona, yeah, yeah. The Arizona. I mean, that wouldn't. Yeah, Arizona happened. No, I mean, it should have. We got wrecked. <laughs> so, and they're the best team in the league right now. So, and they've been winning games even without their two best players on offense. So Did they win yesterday? I think they yep, won yesterday. Sure All right. Did. All right. Cardinals are looking pretty straight. Even though yeah. I have more faith in the Rams because of we. I didn't even mention Odell Beckham Jr. The Maybe best receiver in the league. I don't know, but I'll say that because he's on my fantasy team. Nah. Uh, okay, I, I I have to I have to tell you guys this trade that I made with Ehi. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't think That's... he's gonna like me talking about this, but let's hear it. So I had a guy on my team for a, for a couple weeks, and I saw OBJ was on the waiver wire, and I and I sent it through. But if you guys play fantasy with me, you'll know that I I am always last on the waiver priority. I put in so many waiver moves, <laughs> like. Like thirty percent more than the next person, but that's just how I play, bro. That's just hey, how I play. Nothing wrong with that. 
So I saw A, he picked up OBJ on the waiver wire. And okay. I sent I sent the the trade request for this player that I haven't mentioned yet several weeks before OBJ. Maybe not so it was like maybe two weeks before OBJ actually ended up on the Rams. And then he but. finally, finally accepted the trade for Henry Ruggs. <laughs> oh. oh damn. Yeah, so I kind of oh, definitely uh damn. came out on top on that one. I you know, first wow. of all Wait, when did when did the trade get accepted? It was like, so he accepted it maybe <clears throat> two so days before, before Ruggs' uh, accident, um, which is so horrific. We don't have to get into that, but it's just so tragic, man. Like, what are you doing going 160 miles, whatever he was doing? But anyway, it was like maybe two days before he finally accepted it. But I s- sent the trade like a week before he accepted it. So bef- like maybe 10 days before Ruggs had the accident, man. I sent the trade. Man. Seven or ten days, some shit like that. Man. Well, oh. So, he, so I'm interested to see, do they say Ruggs is injured? Like, what did they put on Oh, no, it just, it just says nothing because he's not on the team. <laughs> oh, I guess, I guess that's true. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Out. <laughs> Man, the fantasy blood sport is real. Uh, but anyway, so, so what, what is the, uh, your outlook for the Rams? I mean, I'm thinking Super Bowl. Legit, because Sean I mean, McVay is a football genius. I won't go as far as genius, but the dude is very, very gifted. Uh, and like, I think, I mean, based on our moves, it's Super Bowl or bust. Like, that's that has to be the expectation based on what we've done. But at the same time, it's like we got a lot of work to do. I mean, I think I mentioned this to you before too. And they like we our whole like special teams is non-existent right now and football is a three-phase sport so you get into the playoffs if your special teams isn't like up to par you're gonna get you're gonna get right somehow so i think we got a lot of work to do there obviously our offense has some work to do now that we got obj and got to figure out how to get him involved in the offense because people don't realize how much robert woods had an impact on that team like he was a captain for a reason they used a lot of our like a lot of the play action, not the play action, but a lot of the sweeps and a lot of the, the the moves that we do, like pre-snap, are all like all based on Woods and Cup too, to a certain extent. So if we can get OBJ doing the same thing, that'd be great. But like he's got a lot to catch up on because I know the offense is uh, like pretty complicated to just kind of hop in and learn in two weeks. So uh, I have my outlook is still like good, but the NFC is not. Not a joke. You got the Packers, you got the Bucks, you got the Cardinals. I mean, maybe the Cowboys. So it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting ride to get to the Super Bowl. We got a lot of good teams we're gonna have to beat, but I, I got faith because I got faith in this team and the players. So that's such a level headed take <laughs> for a Rams fan. <laughs> Are the Rams fans pretty crazy out there, Ari? Jay, too? No, no, but I would, but that's a pretty like intricate, reasonable, with reasonable expectations, with reasonable <laughs> explanations. Most Rams fans would just be like, oh no, Super Bowl, bro. Yeah. Yeah. That's me. Super I, Bowl, I, bro. If we, as long we, we show up in the Super Bowl, I'm good. And people will be like, oh, we beat whoever it was. I'll be like, I always knew they were going to the Super Bowl. It didn't even matter. I only watched one game. Exactly. <laughs> See, I watched one game and I was like, this is the team. This is it. Yeah. I mean, football is my sport. I love football. And so like, as soon as I got a team, I was all in, not with just watching the Rams games, but like 
knowing history, learning as much as you can learn about a playbook about, you know, a team that they'll offer up to, to the public. So I keep up pretty regularly. I watch every game. Like I'm, I'm all about the Rams. So I, I'm definitely not going to be one of those who's like, if we, if we don't make it to the Super Bowl, it was a waste of a season, but it is at this point, like, if you don't make it to the Super Bowl, you made a lot of moves that were intended to get you there that didn't work out. And so, and then we got a lot of shit to figure out regarding the cap and how we're going to pay people after this year. So we'll see what happens. Well, I am looking forward to seeing the Rams in the playoffs. That is going to be exciting. I mean, what is better than Hollywood football, baby? Okay, all right. I'll tell you guys finally. I know you guys have been waiting all this time to hear what I had to say. The thing that connects us all deeply and intimately, which is music. I have very deep musical interactions with each of you. Uh, if you want to hear about Ari and I's time at EDC, go ahead and check the podcast um, from when that came uh, out. That was your guys' topic? It was also about how California is just a crazy, or LA is a crazy place. Maybe we can get into that too. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, down so, for that. <laughs> so Ari and I, we went to EDC, Electronic Daisy Carnival, and we balled the fuck out not in terms of like you know throwing money but we balled out in our spirits and we had a great fucking time man we you know connected deeply on that forgive me i am a psychologist but jay let's start off with you jay you send out the playlist every three months on time on point the playlist is on point i have a quick story when i was in college i had like an ipod and i had maybe like maybe five thousand songs on it and i thought it was like fucking balling with music right i was just like look and i was like i know every single song on this podcast on this ipod yeah and then somehow we were like having a conversation i think there was maybe another person and you were like oh yeah i got twenty thousand songs on my on my apple (laughs) i was like what i I had never known anyone who knew more music than me man but you are quite like prolific with the music in just terms of consumption and with your playlist just tell us man like what is what's your deal bro What's my deal? Um, my deal. I I just I love I love music. I love all types of music. Um, but I also just like I like staying up on kind of what's going on and like the evolution of music. So to me, like one of the coolest things that happened at Emory was when I took uh were you guys in this class? I know Herschel was in it. Um The History of Jazz or the Evolution of Jazz or something like that. Ari, were you in that class too? That's yeah, it. I was. Um and there was I mean, a lot of people hated that class, interestingly, <laughs> um, but I actually really enjoyed it because it was like, I mean, not just because it was about jazz, but it was like a cool way to like our tests were being able to hear a snippet of a song and be able to name it the year, give the artists like all that shit. And I thought that was really cool. And I'd always been in the jazz. And then I just realized that like being able to see the history of jazz in one class, like that applies to all genres and just music in general. Um, and so I feel like, I don't know, man, like high school was my introduction to a lot of different types of genres. Cause before that I was always like hip hop, jazz, R and B, whatever my parents listened to fucking radio, Disney, like, <laughs> you know, like that was, that was the extent of my listening experience. And then high school kind of introduced me to a bunch of different genres that I had never really like messed with at all. Um, so I kind of just like took it from there and, college and post-college just wanted to stay up on what was coming out and try to keep up with you know various podcasts and uh radio stations that are like doing a good job of like staying abreast of like new artists and uh just kind of like how music is starting to change and 
how people are, you know, impacting it. So that's just been kind of my thing. And I try to keep people who want to, to know what's going on, like shooting the playlist so they can hear what it is. And a lot of times it's not going to be shit that people like, cause it's sometimes takes some people out of their comfort zone. But, uh, I think that that's a good thing. And it's like, it's important to, it's not important, but to me, it's important to, to know what is out there and to kind of see what other people think is really, really good. Um, so that way you can kind of see what's going on and trying to chart how things are changing. Most definitely, man. I mean, I've had that, those moments where, you know, cause I usually put it on shuffle. I know mm. you, you, uh, create the playlist so that there, it could like have vibes, like maybe build up and then tone down a little bit. You write about it in your emails, by the way, Jay sends us a playlist every three months that is incredibly detailed with notes and a lot of music that I would never typically be exposed to. I'm going to just go ahead and say a few from the most recent one. Um, Discipline Care. Uh, Wolf Alice. I don't know who the fuck that is, but Lipstick <laughs> on the Glass is good. It's great. Uh, the Secret Sisters. I don't know who the fuck they are, but Water Witch is dope. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jesse Ware. I don't know who the fuck that is. Uh, but hot and heavy. That's, 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 you put that on there. I don't know. Cause I'm just looking at my light, light songs, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. We're, we're going to get to you, Ari, because you also are quite prolific in terms of music. But I have to ask Jay something. How the fuck do you come up with the playlist names? Uh, yeah. Good question. Um, most of the time, dude, it's just like, so you can tell, like, basically, I, I kind of limit my like how I'm how I can title them right. So it's if you'll notice the one before that was Brazen Assurance. Mm-hmm. So basically, from like when I started doing these, I was going all right A and B. Like I'm gonna do a title with A and B, and then the next playlist is gonna be C and D, and the next playlist is gonna be E and F. So just something stupid like that, but to like give myself boundaries, right? And then now I've flipped the alphabet because I've gotten through it all. And so now it's B A D C. And then once I know like what two letters are going to be next, I just come up with something based on what's like going on in my life. Right. And so sometimes it's something stupid. Like one of them was called owls and pigeons. And I called it that because I was really at that time messing with pigeons and planes and the pot or the, the blog. And mm-hmm. I also got pooped on by a pigeon earlier when I was rollerblading in California. And so that was like, a moment it was like all right pigeons are kind of a big deal in my life right now <laughs> yeah hey fuck then, that pigeon yeah fuck that <laughs> pigeon man like that was not cool i mean the granny was like low-key kind of my fault because there was like a bunch of bird shit in the place i was standing and i just didn't look up to see that there was a pigeon he was right rollerblading there, too fast bruh i gotta I have to take a break <laughs> i have to take a break all right well i'm looking at some of them here discipline care subliminal tact brazen assurance yellow zest i like that one Mm. Un- unmarked vehicles quelled response overtly positioned i mean th- these this is like very creative man i i gotta give you props man i i think that you're displaying some extraordinary creativity with with the playlists and the titles and your notes cool, well man. done my friend you have the but seal of, of approval from tunes that's all i was this is the only reason i did these thank honest. you yes i yeah. know good good job good job airy airy all right so let me tell you guys about airy we went to electronic daisy carnival and he was another person who I was completely blown away with how much music you have in your head. It's, it's definitely at least I mean, I know you listen to a lot of stuff, especially being from L.A., uh, but you've got electronic music like 
down pretty pat, I think. You've made some mixes. But the thing that I was really impressed with was that you had Electronic Daisy Carnival down, figured out where to go, when to go, what particulars we would consume at what particular time. <laughs> uh, so, Ari, what's your deal? Well, I guess my deal was, like, I was never into electronic music until... I mean, I think I, I knew I was, but I didn't know what it was called at the time. Like, I would hear remixes to songs in high school and stuff. And they'd be essentially like house or club remixes of songs. And they'd play every once in a while, whatever I was listening to. I'd be like, I like whatever that is, but I don't know what genre if that's hip hop. I don't know what that is until, you know, decade a decade later when I'm out of college and listening to electronic music. I'm like, oh, shit, that's what that song is. This is house. Let's see you know what's down the house you know aisle of you know music and things like that and then from house you know then it gets into like then you start learning about trap i mean not in any particular order but once you start realizing how certain genres you listened to before translate into electronic genres something like house or trap or something like that then you really start to like look through and figure out what other remixes to songs did you did you like in the past have they done already in electronics? So that's kind of how I got attached to it. Um, and then I didn't really start going to music festivals until actually it was pretty recent. I want to say like 2016. I went oh, to my yeah, first yeah. one. Yeah, it, it was that. It was that like not that long ago, and it was just yeah. kind of out of the blue. I just um, I just broken up with my ex, and I was like, I need something to do now that. I'm kind of free. So I was like, I'll just go to a music festival and that I've never been to of a genre that I haven't really dove too far into, to be honest. And it was absurd and it was complete insanity. But then, <laughs> uh, you know, after going a lot of times and doing, making mistakes and finding the things that you can actually like it, within all this chaos you can still manage once you kind of get the process down then you can kind of like apply that to almost any major event that you go to music or anything kind of any any kind of themed festival you can kind of go and you know how to navigate all through all the chaos through all the sounds and all these crazy people that are all fucked up and stuff like that it then it just becomes like i don't know second nature um so like at EDC, you know, I think I had read so much about EDC. I'd watched a bunch of stuff about EDC, like so much ahead of that time to the point where by the time I got there, I was kind of like, okay, in order for this night to go, these nights to go good, I know the path that I have to kind of like follow, things like that. But there were a lot of curveballs. Uh, there was a lot of curveballs when we went. So <laughs> there, there were a lot of curveballs indeed. It was a good time, man. I think you definitely you led the way appropriately. You led the way to a fantastic experience, a wonderful experience. So I got to thank you for that, man. But I mean, I don't know, man. Both of you guys are like musical geniuses, I guess. I don't know, but I've always been impressed with your your music capacities and also, you know, we we have engaged individually or I guess together in different ways i don't know if you guys have a musical connection i don't know you guys can talk about that but in in very deeply connected musical ways i don't know this could be the molly talking i don't know forgive me <laughs> uh, uh, jay jay and i hung out randomly ran into each other at the ucla reggae yeah reggae jazz fest 
Like, was it Rega Jet? I, I yeah. don't remember what that was called, but it was. That's like, what it was. Yeah. We like because me and my uh, my then girlfriend, now fiance, um, we we went because she always likes to go, and then we just sat down, and then I turned around, and Jay was literally <laughs> sitting right behind me, and then we were both like, "Oh shit, like, what?" <laughs> And I was and the thing was like Jay Jay didn't live far from I don't think you lived far from me when mm, I lived in LA. Nah. Well we, we, we depends lived, on what wait, I don't even know where you lived. Did you live in Culver? I was in Palms, so I was close. Because I was in UCLA at the time. So it was just like I was just taking the bus to school. Oh, I I've been to your spot. Okay. I know I remember yeah. where you lived. Yeah, we weren't far at all. But it was like we would always just like either like I think that was one of the times. I think we ran into each other maybe another time. Oh yeah, we've ran into each other multiple times in LA. <laughs> just like yeah. yo, just doesn't um, happen ever. But apparently yeah. it happens all the time to us. Yeah, and it's funny because there was there was a few times when I'd always be like, not that I forgot you lived there, but I'd just be like, oh fucking Jay, what's Jay up to? And then I always figured I was like, oh he's probably he probably already found something to do today because he he he's the kind of person who plans ahead. I would be like, oh let's hit up Jay, and then I'd be like, nah, Jay's probably out. Already, Don't. already having plans. So. Should have just hit me up though. Could you could have joined me in those plans? I know, right? But uh, but yeah, no, that's about that's about it. I don't think you know. Aside from that jazz music festival where we got super high, um, yeah, I, mean, I don't think about, we, that's about it. We didn't go to any festivals or anything together. But like, no. I've always known you were into music. Like, I knew, and I knew that I didn't realize that the EEC scene slash just electronic music scene was new for you though. I actually thought that was like pre twenty sixteen. Yeah, no, that's that that's completely new, and that's completely dominated my listening. Yeah, <laughs> my listening yeah. habits to an annoying point. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, but it's like I can't like without going back to listening to like '90s hip hop, which is the same shit I was listening to before, which is why I got into electronic uh-huh. because I was listening to the same music over and over. I'm kind of like hip hop doesn't really interest me. I went to Stagecoach one year. Stagecoach was, I mean, whatever, but it was fun. Um, I guess. You, but you haven't been to Coachella? I was thinking about doing my bachelor party at Coachella, but I, I knew I would get a few protests from, oh. from a handful of people. Wow. I yeah. mean, not for me. I, I'm kind of like, <laughs> I think aside from probably like you two and I, I don't, the, most of my close friends that I hang out with don't like going to like music festivals or anything uh, like that. Yeah. I, go, I go with my cousin because he likes them. Did you, when you said the first one you went to, like post breakup, was that by yourself or with your cousin? I went to a, a Reddit meetup. I was heavy in oh, Reddit okay. at the time. Okay. Uh, so I, I went to a Reddit meetup and uh, met with some folks who, by the way, were crazy as shit. Like, I'm never doing that again. And I'm through Reddit. Really? What do you expect? <laughs> really well, now? I, I, like, Reddit, I, I don't know people. I just assumed, I was like, okay, like, they're level-headed, probably like me. Like, probably. whatever. These people <laughs> these people were like, the minute they left the music festival, would be like, oh, you're trying to snort Molly? I'm like, the music festival's over. What are you doing? <laughs> and they'd be like, we're going to keep partying. I'm like, y'all do that. Like, I'm not snorting Molly at 3 a.m. <laughs> snorting uh, molly man that not, to hang out with you weirdos like come on those yeah. People, yeah that sounds those rough people. as fuck i hung uh, out with them a few times um and after i think the third time i was like all right i gotta 
I, like I don't need I don't need these people to go to music festivals. I can just go <laughs> by myself and have a have a great time without having to hang with these weirdos. But so now you, now that I now that I go with my cousin, you know, now me and him just go and I always have a DD. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, beautiful, nice. nice. But you have been by yourself. I've been by myself a few times. Probably like I've been to probably three by myself. Yeah. Okay. That's about the same. I've been by myself to Coachella and people always think that's the weirdest thing ever. It's, it's the best, man. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is fun as hell. <laughs> yeah. Like, like sometimes I just get kind of high and you just kind of just get just lost roam. either by yourself. Yeah. yeah just roam, <laughs> just chill. Yeah. Other times it's like, you know, if you're doing anything extra, you know, you just stay, keep your whereabouts. But it's like, once you just start talking to random people and you just mm-hmm. get accepted into groups, then you just go down and like an entire rabbit hole of nonsense which yeah is great which i've it's just happened plenty of times when yeah. i got by myself rabbit hole of adventure i mean I, th- I one thing i learned when i went to edc is that there's a shit ton of people who are not there for the music they're there for everything else oh, yeah. and uh I, I think you know airy definitely grounded me in terms of we came here to listen to some music Ooh, one really special musical moment airy and i shared is watching Aegis fucking Elba. That was amazing. Oh, that was dope. I remember what? that. Yes, at, 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 oh, at EDC. At EDC. He was, I remember hearing this. Dude, yeah. that shit was dope. He was good, too. Really? I, look, I was not on the Aegis Elba train. I was the Aegis Elba hater for the longest <laughs> time. But after that, I was kind of like, all right, I can't, I can't hate on I him. I mean, he played, your, he played your shit. Like yeah, the techno sort sound, techno, maybe. I know. That was a crazy. That was a crazy back to back that I totally forgot was on the lineup. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was. It was a good time. It was a good time, man. And the and the the mushrooms were hitting. So <laughs> <laughs> it was. Uh, it was interesting. You hear his voice. Like the one thing that fucked me up was that like it goes all dark, and then you hear his voice through the speakers, and I was like, "Is that this nigga Idris Elba?" Like, <laughs> yeah. And then it was. And then I was like, "Oh shit." Yeah. So it it's it was very the entire experience was was pretty great. I recommend that everybody go check out Idris when he's spinning his house sets. Most this definitely. I feel like he's probably super exclusive because he's still an actor. Um, he probably does some other things, probably like modeling. So like, how serious can he take the, the music career? You know, like whenever he plays, is probably like super rare, or maybe not. I don't know. Do you know Ari? Um, he, it's not too rare, but he's, he's pops up on music festivals every, every year. You can probably catch him somewhere since he's UK based. I mean, I, he'd probably perform more there than here. But. Yeah. That's what they do in, in, the, in Europe is electronic music, basically house music. Dude, they, they listen to that shit all day. If you ever, <laughs> if you're ever trying to talk to European girls, just play house music, and they'll go like, "Are you you like house?" <laughs> like just house just music? like that, huh? <laughs> yeah. Are you guys into like grime at all? UK grime. UK. Yeah. I mean, I like, I like Stormzy. I like Is he just, grime? Just Stormzy. Yeah, you could you consider Stormzy grime. And I like that song with the uh, ASAP and the other guy. Who's a grime rapper that I don't remember the name of right now? Praise the Lord. Uh, Skepta. Oh, Skepta. Yeah, Skepta. Yep. Yeah, I like that song. Yeah, no, Skepta and Stormzy are actually really good. Um, I was just curious because I know like a lot of people don't even associate 
like rap with the UK. Uh, and it's like grime is huge. Obviously UK rap in general is a big deal too, but it's like, it's starting to come up and I'm curious to see like how soon it becomes like a, a household type of genre here in the U S grime. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that'll ever take off in the U S you don't think I so. Lo- I love, I love grime, but I don't think, uh, I don't know. I feel like we just co-opt here in the U S we just co-opt whatever the Brits do. So if the Brits do something, <laughs> We just bastardize it to a point that it's unrecognizable. <laughs> so, but I lo- I love grime. Grime is dope. I, I'm not yeah. too into it. I know Dark C- or I know a uh, Stormzy and uh, Skepta too, mm-hmm. like Tunde. But yeah, um, I don't know. What do you think, Tunde? I have not much to say about grime. I mean, a couple. I don't really know what the the sound is supposed to be. I just know a couple rappers, which sort of. I think is to your point, Ari, that I don't know if it's going to be exported to the U.S. quite so successfully. Um, We're very ingrained in what we listen to. Well, you know what? That that makes me think of something. I'd love to hear both of you, from both of you, but but maybe a little bit more, Jay. I don't know. Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, uh, <laughs> because it's about hip-hop. It's about hip-hop. And I know Ari listens to hip-hop, but I want to hear what Jay has to say. And you too, Ari. But we'll go to Jay first. Dude, I feel like trap music, trap hip hop is just like the same song over and over now. Like these trap these trap rappers, you know, uh Lil Baby I think is probably the one guy who's sounding different, but hmm. you know, these guys, I don't even know their names, Two Trap Talk, Kodak Green Black, <laughs> I don't fucking know, man. <laughs> I feel like they're just releasing the same song over and over and over now at this point. The the guys in Atlanta mostly. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of true. I mean, a lot of this a lot of that that sound really is similar and they're not really differentiating themselves a whole lot. Um but the problem I have is when people try to say because trap is so popular right now, when people try to say that rap is dead or hip-hop is dead or like no good artists exist anymore no good rap music exists anymore that's not true like the problem is that people are associating because trap is so popular they're that's like the association is direct like it's like oh by by rap i mean trap because trap is what's popular whereas there's there are tons of artists in my opinion at least that are really good that it's it's hip-hop and it's rap but it's just not trap music right Mm -hmm. so but trap, I think, for a lot, a lot of a lot of it is very like it's all very similar, and you kind of have to really want to hear it at this point because I don't I don't go out of my way in some regards to like go and listen to trap unless there's like an artist I really want to like hear if there's mm-hmm. an album that I'm excited about. But like I'm not gonna be like in Atlanta and just turn on the radio. I feel like that's all that they're gonna play. Yeah, and they drop so much music. Ari, what do you think, man? You be on the trap scene? The, the hip-hop trap scene i try um like the other day i tried throwing on some tracks and i i thought the same thing as you i thought most of them sounded exactly the same um they're right none of the artists really differentiate themselves from each other which is why we can't remember their names because when we yeah. hear a song <laughs> you just go oh is this this guy and it's like no this is somebody like somebody was like oh this is nba young boy and i was like who the fuck is NBA Youngboy? And they're like, dude, he's been around for like months. I'm like, I don't, 
but but oh, I'm like, so how funny. do you know this is NBA young boy? He sounds just like you know. So I, but that's me. Now I always second guess myself, and I'm like, am I an old head? Like, are we becoming those people? Nah. You, I mean, go ahead, like, Tune. You know, I think the first like go round of like hip hop being like a huge genre. So I guess. You know, I mean, Jay Z's my favorite rapper, so I'll just throw him in there. Eminem, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, like that that generation. I feel like, like there was some level of like, oh, we're just old heads. Like I guess when Weezy came out and maybe Drake, but now I'm just like, I feel like all of the music is timeless. You know, like I feel like hip hop songs that came out in the '90s could still go hard. You know, so I don't know. I don't think that's accurate as far as. Like, are we just old heads? I think it's just preference, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I kind of agree. I also just think, again, kind of going back to, like, the fact that what's popularized right now is trap. And so that's what, that's the stuff that's not going to last, in my opinion. But there's stuff that is coming out right now that I think will be considered timeless. It's just not popularized. So it's like, Mm -hmm. it's not going to have nearly the extent of, like, people listening to it right now. Um, mm-hmm. But I, there's tons of stuff that's I think is going to last for you know however long. That's not may not be on the level of like a Jay Z or a you know or a Biggie or any of that. Mainly because it's not what's popular right now. But mm-hmm. there's there are people whose flows and who can who have like just as much talent as some of these people who we like really admire these days or even back in the '90s or whatever it is. Um, that I think are, you know, worth listening to. Yeah, yeah. I'll say one thing, man. I think a lyrical ability stands out regardless. One person who I'm thoroughly impressed with, though he's very much in the pop genre, is Jack Harlow. Like, he's definitely, mm. you know, getting hella views, hella plays. He's doing collabs. But the dude has bars, like, legit. Yeah. And, I mean, I think that that stuff sticks out regardless. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Blueface, you don't like Blueface? <laughs> I don't even know who the fuck Blueface is. Man, but <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Is he popping? Or she? I don't know. Who's- it's up to interpretation. <laughs> it's up to you. Some people say he's the greatest. And some people are like, what? <laughs> I mean, that's another issue is people latch uh, onto their guy and just be like, yeah, this is the dude. NBA young boy. That, that's the dude for sure. That's the dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you know what's funny is that like with the popularization of like trap trap music in terms of like rap it's like we you gotta understand too that like the biggest consumers of hip-hop and hip-hop culture has turned into white people it was never meant for them but now they're the biggest consumers of the genre so and you can kind of see that influence on the genre in the evolution of hip-hop in itself because it's going away from what the roots kind of originally intended you could tell by you know, there's there's certain elements that are still the same, still describing like the grimy come up and and you know just the rough neighborhoods. But most of the things now are things that white people can kind of consume and and take into effect, or not take into effect rather, but kind of apply to their own lives, whether or not yeah. it's the same as the artist or not. Yeah. So I I think it's interesting because like I don't think the the consumption has changed, but I think the because white people have been the major reason why. A lot of artists, even from the early 2000s, even before that on, have become big. So I think that, but to your point that like now a lot of the subject matter has changed 
and it's catered to them so they can like really identify with some of it too now, which wasn't the case, you know, like in the nineties and early two thousands. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, again, evolution of music, evolution specifically of hip hop, rap, rap, whatever is super interesting. And I, yeah, I'll be curious to see where it is five to 10 years from now. Is, is Takashi actually a good rapper? Like I'm so confused because as to why he gets so many fucking plays yes i don't understand this is what i don't understand about hip-hop today is that i'll listen to someone be like obviously we all identify this as garbage right (laughs) be like this man is a billionaire i'm like okay i mean (laughs) i don't i I, i'll never understand how that happens you know we might learn more about that in the future man you know there could be some nefarious things i've I've wondered that too um nefarious things (laughs) but one thing that i think that we may have overlooked I, i've thought about this area i'm glad you brought that up because i've always thought like i don't even know a takashi song i know he has a bunch with like N- Nicki minaj that are like very colorful i don't know what the fuck he does but he has made music in spanish and he has that's a whole continent you know and central america too Sp- any spanish-speaking country on the western hemisphere may gravitate to his music and i think we may underplay like how much reach he has in basically not america so i was about to ask are there spanish-speaking countries in the eastern hemisphere but spain there is spain yeah (laughs) and the philippines too i think maybe i don't know we just assume the filipinos here are mexicans so (laughs) well i i don't know my my supervisor was telling me uh, without getting too academic right now that Spain had an influence in Filipino at some point, which most European countries had an influence on the world. But we're not even going to get into that right now. We're not going to get into geopolitics, even though I know Ari has plenty to say on that. that (laughs) Uh, Okay, I do have to talk about some tragedies since we're talking about music. And the reason I would have let this go, which the tragedies are Young Dolph and Astroworld. I wouldn't have talked about either. Well, about Astroworld, because that's a clusterfuck. But... I got to show love to Young Dolph. Legit, I thought Young Dolph was a good-ass fucking rapper. Dude has bars. He has beats. He has cars. He had everything, man. And he was independent. And he was a street nigga. Probably would maybe have contributed to his untimely demise. But RIP to the king of Memphis. I'm sure some people would dispute that. Um, But... I actually really, really, really BB loved. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, but you know, for mafia from Memphis. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yo Gotti probably claims to be king of Memphis, but for now, Young Dolph is the king of Memphis. Man, I thought the dude was a was a fantastic rapper. So thoughts, fellas. I mean, I, what? I was just gonna say you're in Tennessee, man. So this has to have hit home. Yeah, what's interesting is that it doesn't hit home in Nashville. Um, I mean, he was a lot of what translates over to Nashville is from Memphis is, uh, sometimes it doesn't always work out that way. Um, I'm not like, I wasn't nearly as devastated as you were too, Nate. <laughs> I do think young Dolph is a good rapper, but I wasn't like, I wasn't a diehard. That's for sure. Um, but it was sad for sure. Um, it's always sad. Like when some shit like this happens and, it's just like, I don't know, you, it wasn't even like he was in 
an environment at that time that would have begged for something like this to happen. Right. Like it's, it just sucks that we've seen this like time and time again. And obviously like, the biggest one and most recent past is probably the Nipsey thing. So I think it's like, kind of just hate to see it. Yeah. It feels man. like shoot. It feels like it's not even like affiliated with any beef with him. I'm not sure if it was, but to me, I'm like, I feel like shooters these days don't even have really any beef with the target. They just know the the target has clout. They know the target is somebody people pay attention to. So they go, oh, if I clap him, you know, I'll get I'll get whatever fame gets you. That's uh, isn't that I mean the Nipsey one didn't that got didn't they have bad blood or something yeah. between the two? But yeah. what about the um, the extension the guy who shot extension? Wasn't he just trying to rob? <laughs> Extension. Oh man! <laughs> not extension. Hold on. No, no, no. I'm thinking of somebody else. No, that's right. But it's that's not how you say the name. <laughs> extension. What is it? I don't actually See? really know, but I think it's X X S Tentacion or some shit like that. I'm just gonna call. We'll go with extension. I I know what that it is. Tunay. It's extension. No, I said it's X X S Tentacion. Oh, okay. But y'all knew what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. We'll go with extension. But sorry s- same thing with him some, some uh, dude clapped him just just because they knew he was there and he had money and yeah. he was like so i feel like it might have been the same situation he was like what getting cookies at some yeah. local cookie shop or something like that like i didn't everybody mean- in the community was like what why would people do this to him so yeah i mean but that's the thing we don't know right like maybe there was beef and we just didn't know about it right like i don't know i feel like Rest in peace, Dolphin Extension. Yeah, it is It is kind of tragic. And I don't know. I actually really want to talk to you more about this, Jay, and Ari as well. Uh, but uh, um, I, I, I feel like, so, sorry, I keep making this distinction. I feel like Ari's more, I go to Ari more for like the, like the musical, like in your ear, fucking your face up experience and i go to jay <laughs> for like the uh you know like the sort of underlying messages and tones uh but i'm sure have, you're both I, I talented have i have underlying messages and tones okay <laughs> yeah. yes yes eric has got, yes, got tones for days give me give me give me a bowl let me smoke a bowl or two and i can i can explain the world to you you have many times, Ari. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. All right, but one thing I don't I don't think we should get into it now because it could be a very long conversation. But I think hip hop is riddled by a couple things that are so toxic, but it's just endemic. One of them, one of one of those things is gun violence. I mean, no other genre of music is getting gunned like has has performers getting gunned down like hip-hop secondly the misogynistic lyrics man and look i rap to them i love the music but in my enlightened state (laughs) uh i listen to some lyrics and i'm just like holy shit did this person really say that just now and it's it's usually uh directed towards women in a very negative way but I don't know, man. I, I find it as unsustainable, but somehow rap has sustained, hip hop has sustained it. Um, not sure if that has ever crossed your minds, gentlemen. DMX is very problematic. 
DMX, DMX, I didn't realize was so homophobic in literally all of his songs. Every single one of his songs. Really? Really homophobic. Yes. <laughs> so that was like the whatever I think of like, oh, he would not have survived in today's day and age. I mean, there's probably, I mean, there's a corner for everybody somewhere, but you know, it, we wouldn't be blasting his music casually everywhere if he had come out today. Mm, yeah they can get nowadays we play his music over speakers and stadiums and all this stuff the instrumentals of all the songs i'm just like little do we know his song was about (laughs) you know what i'm saying like (laughs) people don't know the lyrics that's the first person i think of but in terms of misogyny and all that stuff yeah i I tend not to i don't know maybe maybe we're a little too old for that nowadays it feels like that sometimes, but I be bumping the shit, man. And yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to take it. Yeah, I feel conflicted at times too. But I also feel like there is there there's still a decent amount of rappers who aren't talking about that in their lyrics, right? So um Very I think true. that's part of the uh the transition is I mean, it's funny because like to your point, like there's I don't think there's another genre that really like that does that. Right. And so obviously rap gets automatically associated with misogyny and gun violence and, you know, drug dealing and all of that. But like there's I guess what I'm noticing is that there's especially with the advent of like streaming services, like there's so much music out there. Right. And so there are a lot of people who are not talking about that but again it's what gets popularized is what becomes known as like what is hip-hop today and so i think that's probably the problem is that a lot of that is still in the lyrics and so it's what people think is rap and what stands what rap stands for what isn't necessarily the case um but for like even some of the old shit that we used to listen to that was misogynistic and like yeah i kind of have a problem sometimes but i'm not gonna lie like i was just at fucking i was at a wedding and we like we requested an R. Kelly song, like like, we, like as as bad as that felt to a certain extent. Like, I ignition remix is popping. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Like, there's there's certain songs that it's it's in it's in my past. Like, it was what was hyped then. Yes, the lyrics aren't great, but like I also think part of the issue is like I'm not saying the lyrics being like y'all gonna go fuck this bitch up. Like, that's not my mo, right? So to some extent, like we watch movies that are crazy and have some ridiculous shit in them. But like, does that make you wrong or bad for watching those movies? I don't know. I don't think so. But it's, you know, I'm not going around spitting those lyrics that are bad or that are like misogyny tinged to like, to my girl. Like, I'm not going to be like, yo, (laughs) like like this is, that's not just, this is not how I roll. But Mm -hmm. to some extent I can see why, like, especially with kids, how that can be an issue. Yeah, it's uh it's something that kind of doesn't really make sense, and I don't know. I feel like there's gonna be a reckoning in in some way. I don't know exactly how, but I, I don't see it as sustainable. Especially when you got a bunch of rappers who aren't doing that and are good rappers, and you yeah. know. Um. Anyway, quickly the other tragedy. Unless you want to get into considerable detail, we don't have to. But I feel like I gotta acknowledge it. Astro World. Rest in peace to the souls. Look, I'm gonna be real with you. I love Travis Scott's music. I think he makes, and I don't, you guys know, I love trippy shit, man. Trippy shit is my shit. And he makes trippy shit. His music videos are trippy. Mm -hmm. Although I feel like he probably could have consulted me because they're like not 
like good trippy and just like trippy just for the sake of being trippy. I don't know if you guys have seen the highest in the room music video. It's it's just Not like yet. it's it's trippy kinda, but it's like doesn't make any sense. You know, there's there's a certain coherence to trippy shit. Trust me, I know. I'm the <laughs> second trippiest nigga alive behind Juicy J, but we won't go there right now. Uh I mean, look, I love his music, but it's I, I this is hindsight, but I mean the dude is is all about chaos. I don't know if you guys listen to his lyrics, but his lyrics ain't about shit. It's just like it's chaotic, you know, and, and the music is chaotic. I mean, li- sicko mode is got like mm. 30 beat changes, you know, <laughs> and the vi- the video is trip trippy quotes, hand quotes, air quotes. Um, the lyrics again, I mean, Drake's verses. I think Drake is a great rapper, but Travis Scott's verses are I don't want to say they're trash. They're just chaotic. You know, it's kind of like how some guys rap off beat. But it but it works, you know. Like currency wraps off beat, but it, it just works somehow. Um, I don't know, man. It's like this is the culture he's cultivated, and I'm not trying to put it all on Travis Scott, but it's it's kind of fucked up. I mean, I have a problem with the blame going to Travis Scott, though. Like, maybe I haven't stayed up enough on exactly what is like being said happened but from what i read it didn't seem like anything different than any other concert where they i don't like inciting a riot is i think in the extreme maybe but like Mm -hmm. even some cases where i've 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 been to a concert where people literally try to start like mosh pits and like have people just get buck and so like i don't I'm not saying it's excusable, but I'm saying I don't know if it's any different than what typically goes on at a given concert. This just one did not end well. So, like, I might be missing some of the facts, though. So you can tell me what I'm missing. But I, it just felt it felt weird for him to be catching so much flack for something that, if you've ever been to a crazy ass concert, like, that's it's kind of what happens sometimes. It's just people got tra- trampled this time, which is terrible. But like, I don't know what what was different about this one. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, you know, from from my read, and I just will say this, that I don't think any one of us or any person for, like, a 10-mile radius knows, you know, like, we're not yeah. privy to to, in, to the investigational information, but we can speculate, <laughs> and we could drop some hot takes, but, uh, I mean, my read is that there was a lot of security issues that really made it very problematic. For example, Travis Scott had his own stage, you know, like... So people come to the festival there at one stage and then it's time to go to Travis Scott and then you all got to migrate to another stage. That seems a little dangerous. I don't know how. But that's, like, but that's how festivals work. Yeah. yeah, but but the stage was closed down. So festivals disperse the crowd because there's multiple stages. And then at Astroworld, there's one stage for everyone before Travis Scott. And then there's Travis Scott stage. That's what I read. Okay. It just seemed like it it sounded like a stupid setup. However they set that up was just like just poorly executed uh-huh. all the way around. Cause I saw I saw that and I was kinda like, so what's up with the line only to go to the one stage? I didn't know that was the case. But now that now that you explain that, I'm like, okay, now that now all the videos I've been watching make sense, but also why would you set it up that way? Why would you not set it up so that there's not just one direction to go? 
I mean, I, I'm guessing, well, there was one stage where people got trampled, right? And then there was another part where people just got crushed towards the, towards the front of the stage. So, okay, wait. So where did, okay. So is that, right? where, did, where did, where did, what, what happened where? Because I thought. <laughs> so there was a video of a security breach, right? They broke down the wall and everybody started running, right? So there was a part where people got fell, like fell and got hurt there. But I think where all the deaths happened was when everybody was rushing towards the stage and mm-hmm. people kept pushing people that were already there at the venue. Like the security point problems were what was on Twitter. Nothing. I, I, don't, I didn't see any of the footage about the people getting like okay. where they actually died. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there was also a like count. Logistically, it was just bad. There yeah. was also a countdown, which I don't. I've I've never seen that at a at a show, uh, and not at the one festival I've been to, which is Electronic Daisy Car- Carnival. But, um, like a countdown for the artists, like they usually try to keep you on your toes and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. They don't really tell you. So, I mean, that kind of maybe could have built or added to the anticipation and the the you know the activity the excitement for travis scott um which wouldn't normally be a bad thing though right like i don't right. know like a, a, a countdown yeah if you're if, if that's the goal is to build excitement and that's i mean that's what you want yeah but i mean th- okay that makes sense but there's also another level of excitement that i think is more common which is you don't fucking know, and then they just pop up, and you're just like, "Oh shit! I didn't expect that motherfucker to come yeah. out at this moment." Yeah, I feel like no, I think both are both are that be the same effect, kind of right. Or you have at the five minute mark, people start losing their shit and trying to get to the front. I just feel like none of that's like so ridiculous, though, that we should fault them for it, like. That's the event man. I would put that on the event management, not on yeah, Travis like, Scott. Like Travis Scott is not involved in any of those logistical details. I would yeah, not like yeah. he gave the. It's not like he gave the command to like keep the show going. Like you know what I said. You know what I mean. He probably he looked. I thought in the video he looked at his manager or something and was like, "What do I do?" And the manager said, "Just keep going." <laughs> nobody knew what was going on. Keep performing, like, nigga. maybe i think those kids were taking the wrong drugs because if everybody was just smoking weed and doing molly everybody would be way too zonked out to be (laughs) trying to rush no stage (laughs) like they were probably on cocaine or or fentanyl or whatever probably smoking god i hope not fentanyl (laughs) jesus i don't know i mean it could have been laced that's for sure Uh, crazy world out here man they probably were just going ham on their nicotine fucking vapes just smoking them shits all day long you know fucking these kids these days what do you think was the age group the primary age group of that music festival because if it was around like the late teens i would do one of the victims is 10 years old yeah i don't know why that 10 year old was there (laughs) like whatever whatever i hear that when they're just like oh it's his favorite artist i'm like yeah you don't bring him there like what are you doing yeah that was not smart could be his favorite artist on youtube yeah, he can just, tell him to watch Paw Patrol. Like, and like <laughs> Travis Scott. Did he, who is he with? Like, I don't know. That's weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, rest in peace to the souls. Yeah, uh, we we sure. all enjoy music festivals, and it's kind of you know it's hard to to see and know that one could have an outcome like that. Um, all right, fellas. 
I think we have one more thing to cover before we wrap this podcast up, which is what is the lowdown on L.A.? I mean, you guys are my West Coast correspondents. Ari is on the ground. He's there taking notes, interviewing people. Jay has a satellite campus in Memphis uh, reporting about Nash- L.A. Nashville, dog. Nashville. Nashville. That's what I said. Okay. <laughs> Just, <laughs> yeah, you're right. My bad. My bad, man. Young, young Dolph is still on the head. On my, yeah, on I, know, my uh, I know. I know. I know. Young Dolph is still on my mind. All right. Jay has a satellite campus in Nashville reporting about L.A. I mean, actually, the last time Ari and I did the podcast, we talked about how crazy L.A. was. That was before the fucking pandemic. So, mm-hmm. so what is good with L.A., man? Let us know. Let the let the people know. I mean, Ari, you got to take it first. Oh, okay. I'll take it first. You were just, I, Jay, you were just there, Jay. I know. But, like, I was also in Temecula for most of it, so I wasn't really there there. Oh, Temecula, what were you Temecula for? The wedding. The wedding Who's I mentioned wedding? earlier, a wedding. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my wedding school. is also in Temecula. So, oh, that's damn. why I was kind of like, I was, that's why I was kind of like, what the fuck? Why are you going early? Uh, <laughs> just scoping it out, dog. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's why I was just like, I didn't tell you where I was yet. What the fuck? Um, uh, but okay, cool. Yeah, you're gonna have to go back. Sorry, Jay. <laughs> that's what it is. Um, the lowdown on LA. I think the last time we talked, I was saying that LA is the way LA is, is because we have access to so many drugs. Like, and that <laughs> is the reason why. That's the, no, no, no. Hear me out. I'm like, LA's nightlife is like, it's not as great as it could be, but for what it is, it's still fun. But it's because what happens is when you ever, like, you don't realize how many people in the city have drugs. Until you've like gone out on the city a lot. I've ran into people who offered me Coke, acid, Molly, just random people anywhere. I've never met these people. And, but it just speaks to the character of the people that are here. It is that a lot of people in LA proper, like the city in itself, are just there to fucking like party, to be honest. I'm not even going to lie. It was fun while I was living there, but it's not real life. You can't take your life from LA. And like live that way anywhere else, really, because no other city is really going to allow those kind of shenanigans to really (laughs) take place and go on. People will put you in check, I feel like, real quick. Um, But, you know, it's funny because it's like you always ask people from like another city and you go like, oh, how like if you ask them just how easy is it to get at this here? And they'll be like, oh, that's like rare. You cannot get that here. And I'll be like, oh, it seems way more calm here. You want to know why? Because cocaine is not accessible there. Like, <laughs> so <laughs> I just feel like LA is the way it is. People, it's it's like the city of death. There's people dying every day. There's all sorts of crazy shit going around all over the city. And I, I want to say it's in part because of that. The drug, the drug trade and the drug war like fuels a lot of stuff that happens in the city. So. Um, man you're making a lot of sense I mean I'm not really going into depth it's kind of just (laughs) how I feel about it but it's like I said it's the one characteristic that I can't find really in any other city other than maybe New York Um, but even New York their whole drug culture and how they handle it is different Um, up in Oregon they have access to drugs but again they have a very different outlook on how you use them it's like depending on where you go you just get a different clientele and you could just get a sense of how different they are based on what they're consuming there. So 
it's just, so, just a little tidbit that I've, I've come across. There's no study that I can cite with numbers and <laughs> all that, but you just, sound like a drug a little, researcher, <laughs> all, no, all observation research. I, I am a man who knows people. <laughs> That's a good thing it's to have, man. Too. Social yeah. capital is the most important capital in my opinion. Uh, I agree with that. So, I mean, is it still like that in turn in the pandemic era? I, you know, I, it's hard, it's hard to tell. Like I moved out to the suburbs and I haven't been like out, out into the city in like a minute and probably like a year. So I don't really know what the vibe is anymore. But the last time I went out just to a bar, just in LA with some friends, um, it looked like, it looked like people had been pent up, like ready to go. Like it, it, it was just a bar on like. This was a small dive bar, like nothing really going on. And it was packed. And it was like <laughs> packed with both girls and guys. It's like if you're if you're a single guy in LA post pandemic, you're gonna be successful. Like <laughs> you're gonna be you're gonna be in good shape because everybody here has been waiting to just like go back out and party. And at this point, like the vaccines and the masks and all that stuff, we were about it at first, but after like the first like uh, alert letting us know that we could like see normal life people didn't people stopped giving a fuck everybody just got vaccinated and said okay you know pandemic be damned we're gonna go back out now that we're vaccinated that's the way so, it fucking should be um i'm about it i you know i like i said i haven't been out out in la in a while but from what i've seen um in the in the short little glimpses it looks like it's back to the full swing of things and um back to being party central but during the pandemic, it was rough. It was real rough, for sure. <laughs> I don't know if I, I don't know if I don't know if anybody I would recommend anybody be in the city during the pandemic. <laughs> that was real bad. Man, Joe no Rogan traffic, was though, going right? the fuck in, man. <laughs> Joe Rogan could. <laughs> that guy sucks. <laughs> All right, man. I'll be sure to cut that out of the podcast. Uh, He's, he doesn't sponsor you. <laughs> he doesn't, man. He doesn't. You're right. You're right, Jay, man. So you're reporting from afar. But you did go to L.A. Uh, Bre- well, Temecula, you said. Yeah. I don't even yeah. what what is Temecula? That doesn't even make it. It doesn't. It's not L.A. <laughs> I was in I was in L.A. just for like a hot minute before I went to Temecula because I just saw my parents and then bounced. Mm-hmm. So. All right. SoCal. It's SoCal wine country, but yeah. it's not it's not great wine. <laughs> I don't even think I had I had to, well I guess I had their wine at the like the you know like pre wedding at night thing, but. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been to Temecula to go wine tasting or anything like that before. So good mm. to know that it's not the best. Mm. <laughs> but the but the uh, land there is very nice. Like the fucking I don't know the mountains there and the homes are ridiculous. Like it's the place that we stayed in for our Airbnb was just like insane, but it was cool. It's very cool. You guys are making me look. Make me feel very optimistic and anticipatory. Using too many big words right now for your Ugh. return to LA. Is that what happened for for my annual West Coast trip? Ah, this year it will be for shenanigans in Las Vegas, which I, or next year, which I won't discuss in too much detail right now because that's not appropriate for the podcast. What happens on the podcast when you're talking about Vegas stays on the podcast or stays off the. I don't know what the fuck I'm or, talking about. <laughs> or you just don't talk about it. <laughs> just don't talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> but I mean, what's your, what's your take, Jay? I mean, you've been removed from LA for a couple years now. You're an LA boy. You know what I'm saying? I think you got a good perspective. Like, are you in alignment with Ari in terms of LA's party culture? Like, is that, that your view of it? What's your view of it these days? I mean, yes and no. Like, I think, yeah, to a certain extent, like, I, I'm also just like not the, I'm not a, like, I don't seek out drugs, right? So I don't really know what the drug culture is all that like, but I do agree that like it's it's heavy and it's present for sure. Um, but I will say this about LA, like it's become transplant central. Like it's it's crazy the few amounts of people that you meet while you're in LA that are actually from LA. And I think that's changed the sort of dynamic or the the look of LA and what it represents now, because I like, you know, you go to Santa Monica or Venice or downtown or, you know, Koreatown or wherever, Hollywood, like all these places are pretty much inhabited by people who are not from LA. And so I think that's been part of like, what's been interesting because now when I go home, like, yeah, I'll go and hang in those areas. But like, I also will go to like the South Bay or like just South LA in general and just like kick it with normal ass people <laughs> and so like my concept of what la and what it means to me and what represents my home is a little bit different than what people are going to see when they go to visit la um so like that's why i feel like part of my experience is different and i feel like it doesn't always coincide with like what Ari described but it's very true what he described because like if you're there and like the main portion is like what people think of when they think of la like yeah you're gonna get a lot of that but i will also say that like as much as like partying is fun to most of the time in LA, it's like the city sleeps pretty early. Like most places are closed very, very early, especially compared to New York. Like New York, you don't start going out till like 11 o'clock. But in LA, you got to start going out, like getting ready by nine because places are going to close by like two or three at the latest. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah that's true. Since it all the bars close so at two, it kind of... It sucks, but it's yeah, like, it's whack. but, but if you want to have like a real night out in LA, you got to make, you got to find the plans that happen after to it. Oh yeah. Is warehouse that, parties, where, warehouse yes, parties are fun all, as hell. House parties. All the interesting yeah. shit. You know, you're in for a night of some bullshit. If somebody's like, what are you guys doing after this? And you're yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if anybody says the Hills, like you good. <laughs> Man, I am looking forward to that uh, next West coast trip. Um, yeah, I mean, is that what you, what you said, Jay, is that uh, about more transplants? Is that different even from like maybe the early 2000s or 2010s? Is it like that much different? Yeah, it's like, it's, it's, it's been, I don't want to say exponential, but it's, it's grown a lot in that, in that direction. Um, it's in like the 2000s, there are obviously a lot of transplants. But like a lot of people have been pushed out of where they were living in LA, right? So it's not like you get a lot of people who are just have been in LA and have lived there since they were born or who are just like from there, maybe moved away and came back. Um, because if you do that, a lot of times you can't afford to come back, right? So it's like, it's it's crazy. And then like the, you know, the advent of tech companies popping up there and the whole Silicon Beach thing has obviously attracted a lot more people to LA and to various portions of LA that, I mean, in the area I lived when I was last there in Palms, which is near Culver City, like that used to be like pretty 
like a pretty diverse and mixed area. And now it's, you know, it's primarily white. Yeah. And it's like, it's just crazy to see how quickly it happened too, because it's, I mean, 2000s, like you said, even 20, early 2010s, it wasn't, it wasn't always like that. So it's just, it's just been, I don't know. It's kind of sad to be honest. Like, I mean, it's almost rare to, to meet people from LA, um, who live there now. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. The, the technocrats have descended upon LA. It sounds like I am not familiar with the Silicon beach term. What's that about? Really? Yeah, it's just like a bunch of tech companies opened up near oh, Playa God. Vista area. Google, Google, Facebook, Snapchat, Netflix. Yep. Um, I know is pretty big. Isn't LA Netflix. Netflix's headquarters? Yep, uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. That so so it sounds like the freaking social media influencers, influencers, and the technocrats have moved to LA. And uh, foreigners, foreigners, and sure. foreigners. Yeah, but that's always been chip. like happen yeah but they're, they're like buying up a lot of property oh that's, like rich foreigners like, yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah, yeah, there's, yeah yeah there's there's but you could tell because it's like you meet you meet a lot of foreigners out but then you're like what's the deal and then you start learning that foreigners are buying up a lot of the buildings yep. and the plots around the city to the point where we're going to be owned essentially by the chinese <laughs> i mean not america too, not is going to be owned by the chinese soon so yeah. oh my <laughs> god you guys that's true, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's a lot it's it's happening like all over like la for sure and i mean like i guess i don't know i feel in, indifferent to it i know everybody's gonna get priced out and gentrification is gonna fuck everybody and push everybody out but i do think that la will be like a like a pretty metropolitan like utopia i think in Unless it gets overpopulated uh, in, the, in the future, I mean, it'll be overpopulated. But I think we're going to be the first. We're going to be the first in technology. We're going to be the first. We're going to be the first to get. I think Tunde, we were talking about this before. How L.A. will? I, I don't know if it was with you. I don't know who I was talking about this with. But we get the first of everything. Um, like progressive policies, we get the first in technology. We get the first in agriculture. Like we get the first in a lot. Even of more than the Bay. Um. Or is it think, equal? I would think it's equal. I think it's becoming I, equalized. It wasn't before, but right, yeah. I think we're trending but, up. Yeah, but I, th- I think in the future, LA will look like what you think your like prototype futuristic looking city will be. I think that will be LA and San Francisco. Yeah, in, I get that. In like the not too distant future, New York will probably be behind. I, I think New York will come behind both of them because LA is quickly trying to take that next step into the into the future i think Hmm. um but that is that could that's a plus and that's a negative too because that's gonna price all the you know the hispanic and the black people who live here unless you know we all they somehow keep giving us money (laughs) well i mean it would behoove these tech companies to try and reach out to the community and train some people up um hispanics and blacks to told that to elon before he left like a bitch. <laughs> Dude, it's like Joe Rogan just like strung everybody by the neck and said, come to Austin. <laughs> they're like, they're like Texas, the new forefront of the future. I'm like, no, dude, stop it. Stop trying to act like Texans want. Austin might continue to be like at the forefront of things, but I don't know, man. I don't know if Texas is just going to like become progressive and blue and I don't know. I don't know. 
I think it it might, but just maybe not as fast as everyone's saying. Well, that'll I mean, be one one can hope. That'll be quite an one interesting change uh, in Texas politics and whatnot. But you know what? This was a fantastic podcast. I actually was not expecting that response about LA, but it makes a lot of sense. Um, I mean, the social media influencers have taken the fuck over. At least what that's what YouTube tells me. These 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 social media houses, the hype house and shit. I'm just like, good god, I am old as fuck because none of that right. shit is interesting to me or makes any sense to me at all. <laughs> you know, but but between the the tech bros and the social media influencers, LA is going straight to the fucking moon, which could be good or bad. I don't There's know. people doing like TikTok dances everywhere. There's Dog. people doing, dude, it's it's ridiculous, man. Yeah. Like I was at a park, like a small park, and these two chicks were sitting there, like on their like uh, little like mini skateboards, trying to take videos and like doing their hair at the same time. They had one of those blow things where they could like, uh, I mean, blow things a fucking fan, I guess. But, like it looked, in, it looked, it looked very intense and like special, but it was a fan. And they were using that to like blow their hair while they're on the skateboard. And then they had a little like, uh, remember those like bop it things? <laughs> they were doing some like, I don't know, some, I don't, it was weird, man. It was weird. I was, I was like, and I'm just sitting here watching this because this is life in LA, I guess now. So motherfucking LA, man. Today, yeah. remember, uh, remember my friend Alvin? You met Alvin, yeah. So he lived in this building in Hollywood, and it was a really nice apartment building. Um, and he was saying how most of the tenants in that like ridiculously nice uh, apartment building, a lot of them were social media influencers, and a lot. And he was saying that they were pretty, but and they were all like in their like late teens, lower twenties, like they were dumb as shit. But he was like, all they just do is do like shit on Instagram and damn. I got like 1.6 mil. 1.6 mil, baby. Dude, and all the cars in that garage were pretty crazy. It would be like, what? They, I don't understand. I really don't. It makes me feel, makes me feel stupid. Cause Dude. I'm kind of like, here I am getting my degree, having a, a job with a company, like with, you know, I feel like a big boy job and I get paid my. <laughs> You know, around hundred thousand. <laughs> These motherfuckers not doing anything. They're getting a million dollars. I'm like, yeah, yeah, man. That's the thing. Like, I I can't get with a TikTok or or the sort of like reels culture. Instagram does it, but I also feel like I'm getting left behind, man. I don't want to be the old dude that's like not on my lawn. Get off my lawn. I don't want to be that guy. I, I want to be like, you know, I want to be in tune with the culture and stay and up, the baby. moves and the tech. I'm I'm on top of tech. I, I I think I'm pretty in with the tech. But yeah, you got a mic. <laughs> I, I have a microphone. Are you, yes. Are you are you into crypto tune day? Oh, okay. Actually, we can wrap up the conversation. Jay, I did want to hear about your transition. Uh, but we can do that another time, man. Yeah, yeah. We could talk Dude. about that another time. Uh by the way, if you've made it this far, shout out to you. Hashtag RTBTH. Hashtag um, ATL's Realist. That's the original host, me, Ahey, and Herschel. But today, we're talking about the West Coast. We got our West Coast correspondent. West Coast! <laughs> hey, should uh, I play some Dre real quick? No. Okay, it's fine. I mean, if you want to rap some Dre, just go ahead and serenade <laughs> us. But uh, yeah, actually, do I believe in crypto? Man, I have to say, it's hard to to not pay attention to these gains, man. I mean, people are pushing like seven thousand percent 
returns, seven million percent returns. I mean, it's hard to not pay attention to these gains, but I, I am a skeptic at heart. I, I am dude, a skeptic I, at, by nature, and I'm that's in, where I land. I'm invested in crypto, and I'm still skeptic. Like, <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm pretty much like a crypto bear. Like, I'm a crypto and I'm an NFT bear, and I'm into both. I am invested in both. So you're long, still, but you're a bear. Okay, got it. I'm, I'm, I'm in them, but I, I kind of just got in them just to understand them better, just to see like if what I'm because t- I was talking shit about it, and I was like, okay, let me see if what if the shit I'm talking is real. And I'm in it, and I'm kind of like, all my ideas of what I thought about it before are still getting reinforced as I'm in it. So now I'm kind of like, <laughs> is there something I'm missing? That Wait, so I'm what's your what's your idea of it? I think it's all bullshit. But <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, I, but what do you mean by bullshit? Because people are like, making money, legit people, money. Okay, but just because people make money doesn't mean it means anything. Like when people are like, oh, at least a financial freedom. I'm like, I guess if you look at it in the way that. I can make millions of dollars by putting little to nothing in it. But like, what, why is this worth anything that it's worth? Why, why is Bitcoin worth $60,000? Like, I think I, I cannot give you that answer. And why is any crypto worth anything that it says it is? Yeah. I cannot give you that answer after doing, even after investing in it, putting money in it and doing yeah. research about it. I still don't, I, I, and, and with NFTs, I understand. The point of NFTs, but I don't understand why. Same thing. I don't understand the cost or why people are bothering to pay as much as they are in NFTs. Like, yeah, it it, it all still confounds me. Well, be, well, I have a couple things to say. Jay, definitely got to get here from you because you're probably the most learned about this. But I'll say a couple things first. Uh, people are captivated by the future. I am. I love the future, and apparently, crypto and everything we just talked about, LA, that's the future. So. Oh, that's one thing. Uh, why are people, why is it so expensive or why does it have such a high market cap, at least with Bitcoin? I mean, I think it's because, you know, just like money, people have faith in it to, to make transactions, you know, and, and there's, uh, even another added level of faith, which is the blockchain. blockchain. The blockchain secures it. Yeah. So that's another lo- layer of, of like trust that people have with the currency. The the th- the issue with currency, and this is where I'm skeptical, is that there have there was all types of shit going on with money and currency and finances before governments secured them, and that's how we're able to have faith in the dollar and other and and our financial system because the government secures it, and the reason why the government has to secure it is because humans are fucking mercurial as fuck. They change their minds about everything and we can see just in the past couple years that masses of humans can change their mind instantly because of some red orange guy on television (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i mean i don't know i don't know jay what 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 do you think man i I mean this is this is a long conversation (laughs) okay just answer this are you long or are you short generalize for crypto in general or for just like crypto equities. and then Bitcoin. Oh, I mean, crypto is here to stay. That's that's without a doubt. I mean, it's it's a safer transaction that can occur because of crypto, and it's backed by people who are mining, which is basically a way to like use computing power to assume or like to assure that 
what is supposed to be happening in this transaction is happening, which is more than any government can do. So like crypto is here to stay. Do I think that it's inflated? Absolutely. But I also think that value is in the eye of the beholder, right? And that's with everything, which is why NFTs are a thing, which is why it's fucking stupid that you can get an NFT of a McRib for however much it's going for now. And yet someone's going to buy it. And so I think that part is ridiculous. I think it's going to die. I don't think all NFTs are going to die, but some NFTs will. Like I thought Topshop was maybe going to do something, especially because of their, you know, their, uh, contract with the NBA, but even that, even with the backing of like NBA players who are like trying to push that shit forward, it still hasn't really popped off the way they anticipated. Top so, shop. Top shop is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> they have a cryptocurrency. Like, it's an no, NFT. It's for like basketball cards essentially that you can trade just like a physical oh. card. Um and there's there's some there's there's aspects to it that are like interesting that make me be like, okay, maybe there's something to this that could eventually become the thing but i mean time will tell and they also didn't have money available to like give to people when they were when they made their transactions sometimes so that was a problem but i say all that to say that like some nfts are going to survive because people just will find a reason to value something that seems stupid to everyone else um but then and then also that will encourage other people to value those things but i don't think all nfts are going to survive i don't think that's going to last in the same way that crypto will last because crypto is being used in a lot of other ways that are like, have you guys heard of like DeFi? Yep. Like decentralized finance. So, oh, okay. Nope. Yeah. So like that, a lot of that, a lot of the concepts that are, that revolve around that are using crypto. And so it's, it's like I said, it's here to stay, but all the various coins that you can purchase, some of those are not going to last. Having Elon talk about Shiba coin and talk about Dogecoin, like those are, this is all speculative investments, right? So this is, my general statement is this, like if you're going to invest in crypto, do it smartly. Don't do it based on a speculative like hint off Twitter because if you're if you're doing it off of that, yes, you can make a shitload of money, but you can also lose a lot of money, and you don't hear about those people because that's not what anyone wants to hear about. So it's a big echo chamber. <laughs> they don't. They don't. The people in crypto don't like hearing about people who have fucked up their entire lives because of it. Of course, of course. So it's it's yeah. It's it's just like any other market. So you just have to be careful with it. You got to know what you're doing. And it, before you just like hop into something because everyone's doing it, like that's not a good reason to do something. But man, Jay, some people. I I have to say that I think I think crypto will go away the minute government regulate. Like, okay, number one, it's only been so good right now because we've been in a bull market for so long. Which is the last time crypto came up was the exact. I don't want to say the exact same conditions, but the market was doing very well. People had cash. People had money to just throw out ridiculous things. The minute the next economic downturn comes, and I, I'm talking like this is like I'm an economist, but I'm not. But I think that like the next time we have an economic downturn, like something like the Great Recession, it's going to go away. Everybody, it's crypto will go back underwater for another five to 10 years and then resurface later again. It's just going to be a big it may I feel It like may it's drop. Cycle. It may drop, but it's not going away. Like it can't it go, go away. It didn't go away last point. time. It didn't yeah, go away last it, time. 
Yeah. Okay. So that's all I'm saying. Like it may, it may start to devalue a lot. And I can, I mean, that's, that's happened already and it'll happen again, but like, well, we'll see. I mean, one major issue with that though, is that if it, if it has like a serious devaluation, it'll, people will lose trust in it. Mm, Not necessarily. And you're also saying it, you're, you're describing crypto as one thing, whereas there are various coins and various aspects of crypto that, some will get devalued, some will fall, some won't, some will. I mean, Bitcoin is like the standard because it was the first, right? Or first. And probably the most and, expensive too, right? Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. But also like the one, like a lot of the other coins will start to mirror whatever happens to Bitcoin. But we're noticing, especially with stuff like the metaverse, there's going to be other aspects of crypto that are going to come into play that are going to not be dependent on what Bitcoin does because it's not a coin, oh, it's right. something else, right? So it's crypto as a whole is i think going to stay but like aspects of it can crash different aspects of it may ride the wave and still monitor and stay the same and then other aspects may skyrocket so it's it's going to be really interesting to see what happens but like just i don't know educate yourself because i'm still doing it too so china if 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 uh, the only thing is if other, if other if other countries start copying what China does though we could probably we'll probably see crypto go back underground again because China's cracked down pretty hard they have um, they on have. their mining which is kind of which took a shit on the market when it happened but somehow yeah. the market still propelled itself so yeah, yeah I, I'll be I'd be interested to see I'm interested to see how this next like. 10 to 20 years in yeah. the entire world just turn out. In the next 10 to 20 years, we can either go to ruin like real quick or... Or we, we could be on Mars. Or we could be on Mars and eat pre- with President Elon. Pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. My yeah. kids are going to be on the moon in no time. Well, uh, I like the way this conversation went. Like I said, I love the future. I don't like to live in the future because, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to bore you guys with mental health right now, but I will. A lot of people find mental health struggles when they're living too much in the past or in the future. So mm. I don't like living in the future too much, but I love the future. And it, it sounds like cryptocurrency is going to be pretty, pretty uh, important. We'll see the valuation. It sounds like social media influencers is going to be here forever. Sounds like. <laughs> Sounds God. like fucking Silicon Valley is going to take over the, the GTA. take over L.A. Anyway, this is a great conversation, gentlemen. I'm glad that we could do this. The West Coast connection is real and it's alive and it's thriving. Yes, Any last words? Lakers in seven. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, what? What championship? Western? Just everything? Every just every every series? Just everything. <laughs> Dude, you know, the reason why it's going to happen is because Westbrook's going to average like 30 turnovers a series. Westbrook Westbrook will miss every single shot in the playoffs except the one needed to win the game. That would be so crazy. That would be so crazy. It's so appropriate. Uh, I mean, okay, all right, fine. Last word. I mean, Westbrook got to go to the bench, man. Get him on the bench and the Lakers will be successful. It might happen. Team. It might happen. Oh, you think so? Not the team. Not the team, but the bench. It might happen. Okay. I think Vogel will, will do what's necessary. Fire Frank Vogel. Bring back Phil Jackson. <laughs> uh, okay. I, I think well. we can go ahead and end the podcast on that note. This is <laughs> RTBTH, and we are out. Out, 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 out. out.